0: Hey there, you are listening to the Love and Loss podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Johnson, and I am on this earth to help you recover emotionally, physically, and spiritually from miscarriage. It's definitely my calling. It wasn't all that long ago that I too suffered three miscarriages of my own and six years of infertility, and I really know how painful and lonely the journey can be. Over those six years, I developed some really solid tools for releasing the emotional pain of loss and for truly healing from the inside out, and I'm here to share them all with you so that you can feel like yourself again. So if you've had a miscarriage or experienced the loss that infertility brings because there is a loss there too, you are in the right place, and I'm so grateful that you're taking the first step toward healing by joining me today. Let's get started. Hi, you're listening to episode number 25 on the Love and Loss podcast. This is Sherry Johnson, and today we are talking about how to know if you've healed after a miscarriage. You might not be crying regularly anymore since your miscarriage or other pregnancy loss, But it doesn't mean that you've healed. In fact, if you're anything like me, I didn't cry at all in the beginning. In fact, I thought I was fine. But boy, was I wrong. I remember renting a cottage with my family for about a week, for a week after, it was about six or seven weeks after my first miscarriage. And it's only in hindsight, looking back on that week, that I realized how unwell I truly was. I was irritable. I was angry. I wasn't sad, but neither could I feel joy or excitement either. My niece and nephew that were there with me, they were, they were young at the time. I think they were four and seven. You know, they were running around having a great time and I couldn't experience that with them. And what tends to happen after any loss is a couple of things. First of all, it's hard to see the forest for the trees. Sometimes it's only someone else looking in from the outside that can really see the pain that you're in or notice the emotional changes in you. It's really hard to look at ourselves and our own behavior when we're in it. And second, the other thing that happens is is that over time you adjust to the pain? I've talked about this before on episode 20, actually, if you're interested, if you haven't heard it before. It's called the number one belief that is stalling your emotional healing. And so if you've heard this, just bear with me for a minute. It's an analogy that I like to use. At first, right when your loss occurs, it's like a searing pain, it's a wound. And everything suddenly changes. And I like to use a back injury as an analogy. You put something out of alignment and it's painful at first. If you don't do something to help it heal, like see a chiropractor or go for a massage or acupuncture or physiotherapy, whatever your your way of, of promoting that healing is, it eventually will start to fade into the background if you don't do anything. So your body might do a little bit of the healing itself, but that pain is still there. It still hurts. It might feel a little bit better, but really all that's happened is that you've adjusted to that pain. So you don't notice it as much. But if you actually paid attention and honed in on it, you would realize that there's still healing there for you to do. An emotional pain is similar. It might fade into the background. You adjust to living with this new emptiness after a loss, but it hasn't actually fully healed. And here's what happens if you don't fully heal. You go into your next pregnancy with anxiety. You're afraid that it's going to happen again, which by the way is is you being afraid of the pain of your last loss. It's not actually fear of a new pregnancy itself. Or the other thing that can happen is, is that you can't even get pregnant because you're hanging on to grief. Your body actually feels that as stress and it won't allow you to get pregnant. You might have grief resurface at the most inopportune times. And sometimes it's disguised as another emotion So something triggers you at work and you lash out in a way that you wouldn't normally before, or something triggers you at a family gathering and you end up in a breakdown or spilled milk. So you can sometimes, you know, that, that pain, it wants to come out it wants to be released and you don't have control over when that happens, when you haven't healed it. The other thing that can happen is you just become oversensitive to things that wouldn't have bothered you in the past. And as I said before, it's sometimes hard to see what's going on inside of you when you're in it, when you're experiencing it. So I developed a few questions that you can ask yourself, questions to help you identify if you still have more healing to do. So let's talk about those. Question number one. Are you still feeling triggers? So things like pregnancy announcements, birth announcements, questions that people might be asking you about having kids or having more kids, or when are you going to get pregnant? When are you going to have kids? If you're still reacting with anger or irritation, when you encounter these types of situations, it's likely that you still have some pain that you're hanging on to. So that's number one. If you're still feeling triggers, ask yourself, am I still feeling triggers? Question number two, are you overreacting to small things? So feeling extra irritable and angry. And this this is kind of similar to number one, if you're still feeling triggers, but sometimes you know, it might not have anything to do with a trigger related to your pregnancy loss, but Somebody just presses one of your other hot buttons or you know somebody leaves something lying around at home and suddenly you're flying off the handle making mountains out of molehills and this is a pretty common reaction and can indicate that you're hanging on to some grief or it might indicate that your hormones are out of whack and one can lead to the other So hang on to grief can lead to your hormones going out of whack and vice versa. So ask yourself if you're overreacting to small things. Number three, are you stuck in decisions? So if you're afraid to get pregnant again and you're not sure if you should, or you're not sure if you should try IVF, you're not sure if you want kids at all, not sure of of the way forward. If you haven't fully processed your grief, it's going to be difficult for you to think clearly about the future. So going back to our example around not sure if you want to get pregnant again, if you haven't processed your loss and you're afraid of, of having that same pain, you're afraid of getting pregnant again, because you're afraid it might happen again, that's going to impact your decision. And, and that's because you haven't processed your grief. So the fear of the pain of your previous loss is going to keep you from being able to make a decision about your next pregnancy. So that's an example. When you resolve and process the pain of your loss, You'll be able to make decisions about your future because you won't be making them out of fear. And it's fear that keeps you stuck and unable to make a decision. So ask yourself if you are having trouble deciding on anything about your future. Are you stuck in a decision about your future? Number four, are you feeling a sense of numbness? Things like a lack of energy, low energy, a lack of motiv- motivation, even low-grade depression, all of those can sort of lead to a feeling of numbness. And sometimes that lack of emotion is actually a sign that you haven't processed all the heat, the big emotions that are stored up in your body. Tuning out and getting out of your body when you feel pain is something that we learn and quite often it's learned in childhood, but it can be learned later in life as well. And we do that as a way of avoiding pain. So we, we kind of avoid feeling it and we, we exit our body and that's what happens when you feel numb. So ask yourself if you're feeling that kind of numbness and that may mean that you still have some emotion to process. And the fifth one Are you showing any kind of addictive behavior since your loss? And when I talk about addictive behavior, there are all kinds of things that can fit into this category. So working too much can be workaholism, can be a sort of addictive kind of a thing. Alcohol, of course, or drugs. Um, Eating. So using eating as a way to comfort yourself, sugar, Uh, Netflix. So just binge watching Netflix and trying to avoid being by yourself and thinking about your loss and social media, of course, can be labeled as an addiction. So when I say addictive behavior, I'm not saying that you have an addiction but you might be showing some increases in these kinds of behaviors, increase in in tuning out and watching Netflix way more than you used to before your loss, or turning to your phone and social media way more before your loss. So if you've noticed a difference in these kinds of behaviors, if you suddenly find yourself working crazy hours or binging on a box of cookies that might be a sign that you're using these things to get temporary relief from pain. These kinds of things make you feel better for a little bit, but what they're really doing is just covering up the pain. It's kind of a band-aid solution, and it doesn't allow you to release the underlying emotion that is, is sitting there. So that's the fifth question. Are you... Showing any kind of addictive behaviors that you weren't using before your loss. So, those are the five questions that will help you determine if you are still needing to do some healing. Let's just quickly recap on those five. Number one, are you still feeling triggers? Number two, are you overreacting to the small things? Number three, are you stuck in decisions? Number four, are you feeling numbness instead of the full spectrum of emotion? And number five, are you engaging in any kinds of addictive sorts of behaviors? So those are the five questions to ask yourself to know if you healed. And if you have answered yes to any of these, Here's what I recommend instead, actively work on your healing. Healing doesn't happen on its own. As I, as I said in the beginning of the the episode, what happens is you get used to the pain. You don't actually heal unless you do some active work at it. You need to take some action. So I teach this actually in my online program, it's called the six step journey to emotional healing after a miscarriage. And I also have lots of other podcast episodes that provide tips on how to heal. So I would encourage you to have a look at some of those other episodes. And, and when you do take control by doing something about it, you, here's what happens. You will go into your next pregnancy feeling confident and excited about it, as you should feel excited about your next pregnancy. You allow yourself to acknowledge and release your pain on your terms. So instead of it happening when you're out and about with other people, when you take action and, and actively heal behind closed doors, when you have the time, to, to do that on your own then you take more control of it and you'll also be able to envision your future and make decisions about your future that are based on your true inner desires instead of fear so those are some of the benefits of of really actively working on your healing and taking taking action towards your your emotional health I have a free download actually that's available for you that will also help you actively take control of your healing process. It's called the ultimate guide to healing any trigger after a loss. So if you're someone who is feeling all the feels when someone announces a pregnancy or um, whatever your triggers are, this is for you. It's a free download and I'll put that link in the show notes. So you don't have to go looking for it. The show notes, if you're listening over on Spotify or iTunes or one of your favorite platforms, the show notes can be found at sherryjohnson.ca slash 25 for episode number 25. So sherryjohnson.ca slash 25. And I would love it if you scheduled a call with me if you'd like to explore working with me or taking my online program. And so there's a link over on my website and in the show notes, if you want to just have a call and chat about it before you commit. And as always, join me anytime over in my private Facebook community, where you'll find a very loving group of women who are all going through a loss of some kind. And it can be really comforting to hear what they have to say and, and I also post lots in that group myself on tips for healing after grief. So I will leave it at that for today. Join me next week when I will be talking about recurrent miscarriages and the story of my third miscarriage. I had recurrent miscarriages myself. And so you'll hear about my story and, and recurrent miscarriages. I hope you have received some value from this episode and I will leave it at that for today. Until next week. Before you head out, I would be forever grateful if you left me a review on iTunes as that's going to help other women who are suffering from miscarriage or infertility to find this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode for you. In the meantime, make it a week of nurturing and healing for yourself. Bye for now.